A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily Beijing. And I am your other host, Margot Bupard. Welcome to our season six premiere. Yay. Woo, 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 woo. Before we get into it, I wanted to do a quick pulse check and see how you're doing, Margot. How's your summer been? Oh, you, my summer vibe? Yeah. Um, you know. It was fine. I, I I don't know. It feels like a lot of the same, but also some new stuff. It could have been worse, but mostly it was okay. Um, I'm just glad it wasn't super hot uh, in the Bay Area. I was very grateful for that because yes. I went to LA for one weekend and I did nothing but nonstop complain about how it was very rude for it to be 90 degrees all fucking day long. And it's just so goddamn bright down there like it's just all concrete and you're just blinded by the sun and trapped by the heat and so I'm glad for a mild summer but um how was your summer Emily it was good um as you know I was in France for a little bit for my cousin's wedding um and I happened to go at the kind of time when things were open everyone was vaccinated and then left maybe days before everything started shutting down again so it worked out in many ways. I somehow uh, picked the absolute only time that this would be kind of ha- safe to have done, as safe as one could get during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I've just been, you know, trying to chill, appreciative that it was not aggressively warm. I guess in the East Bay, it gets significantly warmer than in the city. But um yeah, just, you know, enjoying a, a good Aperol spritz every once in a while. I feel like the spritz had the pandemic makeover of the century. Like, it is everywhere now. 
Really? I feel like spritzes were over when I went to a wedding and there was a spritz bar and as Zoe and I turned to walk away, some dude shouts at us, is that a spritz bro? And as soon as some bro <laughs> shouts at me about a spritz being in my hand, oh, that's how I know no. they've they've reached the mainstream. Okay, so oh, this guy the no. turned up collar, knew what a spritz was, I think, and that was 2019. So I think they've done, been arrived, but... Uh. That makes yes. me sad. Well, I still am enjoying my Aperol spritz, be it uh, at this point basic or chuggy or whatever the word may be, du jour <laughs> oh God, with the TikTok teens. <laughs> um, I'm still clinging on to my last bottles of rosé, pretending that it's still summer, although I welcome the fall even though I'm still so disappointed we're not going to see Celine Dion this weekend. I know. This was going to be a highlight of the year for sure. This was supposed to be our weekend. To give you context, listeners, (laughs) um, Marco and I and our friend Zoe and uh, and Haley actually now and a few other friends, uh, (laughs) Mark, my friends, Mark, Billy, and Melissa, um, a bunch of us were supposed to see Celine Dion and the lineup has changed over the years because uh, this show was supposed People to happen. People have moved. Who moved, moved, literally moved. Because the state. April, 2020 was when this show was supposed to happen. <sighs> And since then, like three people who were ticket holders at one point or another, my sister, my friend Janelle, some other folks have moved away. (laughs) And so now we have like the latest, greatest lineup, uh, but uh, we are not sure. (laughs) Tentatively, the show was supposed to be uh, Labor Day weekend. However, it was at the last minute moved yet again to April 2nd, 2022. Uh, so we will officially be seeing Celine two years after we were supposed to see her. Our poetic Canadian queen just being like, and you wait until two years. Okay. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, I am excited that we are seeing Casey next year too. That's like uh, another highlight of ours. Ooh. We're going to see our sad country Lots queen. of things, uh, Lots of sad girl rock on yes. the horizon, and I couldn't be more excited. I can't wait to cry with you not once, but twice. But multiple times. <laughs> multiple times, even. And um, the album's not even out yet. I, I and know. Then, I, I mean, know. I feel, I really, like, fall is truly our time to thrive. Not for, like, basic bitch reasons, but because Drake's new album finally fucking comes out oh tomorrow. Oh, my God. So excited. Gaga's remixes come out tomorrow, too. Yep. We've yep. got Casey to look forward to. I just feel, oh, Little Nas X's album is dropping tomorrow. I just oh, feel. What a good time. Ref- I feel, I feel honestly, I feel refreshed. I saw somebody on Twitter say that, like, September is, like, their New Year's. Like, they just feel like a renewed energy kind of come through to, like, oh, achieve for their sure. goals and get things done. And, like, they just feel really, I don't know, rejuvenated by the fall. And I'm choosing to hop on this tweets bandwagon of just like I feel my spirit is lifted bitch like after <laughs> after a, a long weekend and some new tunes like I am ready I'm ready for, for fall. this new season new for season. the rest of this year you know I I'm know. ready for a spooky season I lit um this is the most basic thing I did today I lit one of my fall candles which is in a pumpkin spice candle but just like a you know a cinnamony like clovey vibe and it's making this house smell amazing and just like getting me very excited for this September. I I do agree with this person on Twitter. 100%. Well, I mean, I hate to tell you this, but we are already in September. It is currently September, not August 33rd, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) 
we went back and forth on how to open this season. And then an epiphany came to us in the form of the trailer for the miniseries American Crime Story Impeachment. With both the miniseries being released and the recent discussions around power dynamics, especially in post-Me Too world, this seemed to be a really great topic to dive into for this episode. And today we will be talking about, I guess we'll call it the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Um, That's really, I guess, the best way to summarize it. Would you think of, is there another way we could summarize it or title this? No, I went back and forth on it too, especially when it comes to Googling things. You're like, Um, cause sometimes I'll like when I was, when I went into a K hole trying to find the significance of these beret photos of her, I just wrote Monica Lewinsky hat moment. And I got, I got checked by Google. I was like, did you mean hot moment? I'm like, no, you fucking sickos. I meant the hat that she wore. Cause I also couldn't even remember that it was a beret. I was just like, she wore that fucking hat. And I remember everybody beat this fucking horse to death. The PETA was called multiple times to back up off this horse. Um, I, I realized that it was just people being assholes to her once again. But when I went to go look up something about Monica Lewinsky on her Wikipedia, they do reference it to as the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. So I think that we are, I think we're as accurate as we're gonna be with this title. Before we get really into it, do you remember when this happened? I know we were both like 10, 11 years old at the peak of all of this, but do you remember it vividly or like bits and pieces? I mean, I honestly, I remember it being one of the first times my parents had to have a discussion about what is and isn't appropriate for me to hear and see on the news. Yes. I remember that. So I I remember being told like a little bit, but not a lot. And I think the biggest glimpse into what I remember the scandal to be as a child was my dad yelling in the living room, I'll get what the big deal is. You got his dick sucked. So what? And it's like, that's a very French attitude to have. It's like, it doesn't mean he do his job. Um, and so that's, and so for the longest time, I sort of like, I equated the impeachment with getting your dick sucked and not like and then when I listened to the slow burn podcast I had no idea about I mean I had vague ideas of like what whitewater is and Paula Jones but like they put it into all this context that like I didn't realize how much I was shielded from I saw a lot of stuff or had gleaned a lot of stuff through SNL because that was okay for me to watch. Right. But I didn't really understand like the context of make of Molly Shannon making a joke while wearing a beret at like a press conference. And again, it's like I saw, you know, flashes of it. It's like them hugging. Like that was something I saw so many times, which is like I remember this being like a big deal that she wore a hat because it was like one of the few clips I vividly remember. Yeah. What about you? For me, I mean, living, growing up in the D.C. area, this was Mm, big mm -hmm. time because it wasn't just, I mean, so for context, when you live kind of like how in L.A., when like you'll hear news about celebrities on local news in D.C., you'll hear like politics, what would be on like the nightly news around national news. You'll hear that on like the local news at times because it impacts traffic or it impacts like something else that's happening in the city. And so it was all over the place. You couldn't avoid it. And the other thing what was interesting was like my parents at the time, neither were American citizens, but were both, you know, pro Clinton um, and are Democrats. They were, I think people thought, you know, this wasn't that big of a deal. Probably like you said earlier, you know, being that in front when it comes to French politics, this happens <laughs> all the fucking time. Um, How many mistress oh, scandals have there been? I mean, I mean, it's a dime a dozen. It- 
Yeah, was it like Carla? Oh, Frank, a dozen. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, Franks are worthless, but I know. <laughs> I I cannot imagine. There's they have affairs with actresses, and they're out in the open too. Out they the have open. like completely illegitimate yes. families and a bunch yes. of children, and it's yes. not illegitimate, but they have like side secret families, and it's just it is absolutely insane. And that's why I think Fresh are like the least of my worries is like who he's banging. Like that's his wife's problem. That's not our problem like unless it is directly affecting politics and then frenchy will just strike so yeah. there's there is that. Exactly. exactly um it is so true like i think maybe that's why it didn't phase me as much but because mm-hmm. i went to a conservative catholic school that's probably why it made more of an impact on me um where like kids most the majority of kids parents were republicans and so like it came up a lot as little jokes and snide things here and there. And there was a hmm. lot of vitriol and hatred towards Hillary Clinton, which was not great. And didn't get better either. It didn't get better either, I will will add. But yeah, I think it's it is interesting. Like these were, you know, among the first times I ever heard the term like oral sex or blowjob or things like that that I probably wouldn't have known what they were until a few years later. I mean, who sure, knows? Yeah. But, but it is interesting that that is how we found out about those terms rather than hearing them from like a friend or at a party or something like that. God, that's so depressing. <laughs> it, it really is. I found this out because uh, a sitting president had an extramarital affair and now I know what blowjobs are. Okay, like let's go to class and play Oregon Trail. <laughs> I really don't have anything else. So do we just kind of want to get into things? Oh, sure. So I'm going to set a little bit of the scene before we dive into the affair and kind of how the story ended up breaking. Born in San Francisco, Monica Lewinsky grew up in L.A. and went to Lewis and Clark College in Portland. She also went to my alma mater, Santa Monica Community College. So shout out to that. Uh, after she graduated in 1995, she landed an unpaid internship in the White House Chief of Staff's office, working out of the old executive office building. She was only 21 at the time, and then she would later get a paid internship position, but started out as an unpaid intern. Due to the government shutdown over education policy, little lowly interns like Monica were recruited to work in the White House because staffers were furloughed. She worked in Chief of Staff Panetta's West Wing office, where she answered phones and ran errands. The president came to Mr. Panetta's office frequently because of the shutdown, and he sometimes talked to Monica. Her tete-a-tetes did not go unnoticed because, like almost all workplace affairs, they only seem not obvious to the people involved. According to the Chief of Staff, Barry Toive, Ms. Lewinsky was getting a great deal of quote-unquote face time with the president. Monica did categorize these encounters as continued flirtation. So the affair officially began November 15th, 1995. Monica was invited to Clinton's private study by him, and she later testified that they acknowledged that they, quote, were both attracted to each other. Old Bill asked if he could kiss her. She left her number with him, and later that day, again in his private study, they began their sexual relationship. Their affair carried on for 18 months, over 9 to 10 sexual encounters, eight of which was when she was still in the White House, and two happened after she was transferred to the Pentagon. According to her published schedule, the first lady, Hillary Clinton, was at the White House for at least a portion of seven of those days, which is a huge fucking yikes. Mm. They also spoke on the phone regularly and exchanged gifts. Lewinsky gave him several neckties. I remember that detail because, I don't know, I think they made a big deal about it in the trial, perhaps, or used it against her. 
And Clinton gave her, oh, this is such a fucking groan. And Clinton gave her a special edition of Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. <laughs> that just feels like such a like professor who's trying to bang you. Oh, move. yeah. It's yeah. so Like cringy. tweed, tweed jacket and all. Seriously. <laughs> The classy guy is Clinton initially broke off the affair on President's Day in 1996, but a month later they resumed their relationship. Unclear. And believe me, I unfortunately Googled all of this when the cigar play, blue dress and beret business all went down. Monica later testified she, quote, never expected to fall in love with the president. And I was surprised that I did. Later in 1996, though, White House staff was like, this broad hangs around here too much. Let's transfer her. And the beginning of this is all Monica's fault began in earnest. This feels like the plot in Love Actually with Hugh Grant and that yes. woman. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they borrowed a little bit of that and used it in Love Actually. Oh, I God. mean, she does kind of look a little bit like Monica Lewinsky. She does. And they do make a lot of jokes about her weight in both the movie and in real life with Monica Lewinsky. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, you know my what's God. really crazy, though? I feel like... so. In doing this research, I'm so, I'm sure you came across a, a photos of Monica Lewinsky's like staff photo pass, sure. and it's crazy to me that just her hair alone ages her 20 years in that photo. But you look at her now, and she looks okay. much younger. Much it's, it's, younger. It's the 90s. What were they doing to women in the 90s with I those swear. haircuts? I remember like looking at my high school. You'd look at the hallways and like the you know plaques for like softball teams or whatever that won you know championship in like 1992, and it's just these women with like aggressively blown out crimped you know permed hair and everyone straight up looks 15 years older they all look like they are 35 years old and the bangs i mean it yes. feels very like yes. i'll have the business woman lunch special like yes. i just don't even understand when it this isn't even the rachel like i'm upset or the rachel would be an improvement over whatever they're doing to you guys yes 100 so strange and then coupled with like the big shoulder pads I'm like why are we out here dressing like 80s secretaries this is why we don't have wage equality it was I mean I'm I'm remembering like the time when I like first made the move into a professional office environment when I was 22 and it, it started switching thanks to Matt Mad Men and other things like there were just other options for dressing yourself but there was still a lot of this like oh you should wear the suit the pants you know the pants suit or whatever and it wasn't like a cute pantsuit it was a Big broad shoulder pad, like dull color, ages you 15, 20 years pantsuit. I'm glad that's that's changed a lot. Thank God. And also thank God for working in creative fields. So Agreed. the expectation is low. All right. Where were we? Okay. Oh, the beginning of it's all Monica's fault, the defense. According to staff director Timothy Keating, when they let her go, Monica asked to stay with tears in her eyes. Some more fun slut shaming and good old fashioned sexism. Lewinsky said of Keaton's response, he, quote, told me I was too sexy to be working in the East Wing and that this job at the Pentagon where I'd be writing press releases was a sexier job. I was never going to see the president again. I mean, my relationship with him would be over. But if you think a work transfer ever stopped a man from doing whatever the fuck he wants, especially a president, LOL, LOL, LOL. Even after the transfer, Clinton and Lewinsky continued to call one another and had phone sex, though they no longer had physical contact. This is where some of the sexual relations semantics bullshit kind of half stems from. The affair officially ended in May of 1997. According to the Star Report, Clinton claimed, quote, earlier in his marriage, he told her he had had hundreds of affairs. But since turning 40, he had made a concerted effort to be faithful. 
He said he was attracted to Ms. Lewinsky, considered her a great person, and hoped they would remain friends. He pointed out that he could do a great deal for her. The situation, he stressed, was not Mrs. Lewinsky's fault. Now into a section that I titled, I Hate You, Linda Tripp, also R.I.P. Linda Tripp. At her new gig at the Pentagon, Monica meets a horseman of her own private apocalypse, Linda Tripp. Like the sweet, naive baby angel Monica was because she was only 22, her dumbass starts to tell Linda all about her affair with sitting president. At first, Linda was like, okay, girl, whatever you say. But after another colleague, Kathleen Wiley, came forward about being sexually harassed by Clinton, Tripp told literary agent Lucianne Goldberg, an anti-Clinton conservative, all about it. Goldberg, in turn, told Linda to secretly record her conversation with Monica, even though it goes against Maryland law. So Linda went on to persuade Lewinsky to save her gifts from Clinton and to not dry clean her semen-stained blue dress in order to keep it as a, quote, insurance policy. I also read elsewhere that Linda told Monica that she looked fat in that dress and that she shouldn't like bother dry cleaning at all. That's that was also part of her narrative. Oh my god! So so the you look fat stuff like started very quickly, but the news broke because through Goldberg's connections, word of Linda's little audiobooks made it to lawyers working on behalf of Paula Jones, a former government employee who'd filed filed a lawsuit against the president for alleged sexual misconduct in 1991 when he was the governor of Arkansas. This is all part of that whitewater stuff that I barely remember comprehend, but, you know, it's bad. By the fall of 1997, Goldberg began speaking to reporters, including some at Newsweek, about the tapes. And in December of that year, Lewinsky was subpoenaed by Jones's attorney and after the president allegedly suggested she be evasive after a clandestine meeting that his long-suffering assistant Betty Curie signed her in for, the former intern denied in a sworn affidavit that she'd had a sexual relationship with Clinton. And when it rains, it fucking pours. At the same time, independent counsel Kenneth Starr, who'd been investigating Clinton and his wife Hillary's involvement in a failed business venture, Whitewater, found out about Tripp's recordings. Soon afterwards, FBI agents fitted Tripp with a hidden microphone so she could tape her conversations with Lewinsky. Starr also expanded his investigation to include the president's relationship with the former intern, and federal officials told Lewinsky if she didn't cooperate with the investigation, she'd be charged with perjury. When Clinton was deposed that January by Jones's legal team, he claimed he had never had sexual relations with Lewinsky. And I think this kicks off your portion of the trial. Yeah. So the story will break via the Drudge Report, which is where kind of the storm starts. But prior to all this, it's important to note that, like you said, even before the relationship between Clinton and Lewinsky made headlines, Bill Clinton had already allegedly been involved in some deep shit in the past. So in 94, when there's already investigation underway of, on Clinton because of his involvement in the Whitewater controversy, which is a term used to actually mean several things and where the kind of crooked Bill and crooked Hillary origin story begins, if you will. And I'm going to get into Whitewater, but I'll try to summarize it as best as I can. There were a lot of, how does one say this, interesting investments made during the Clinton's time in Arkansas while uh, Clinton was governor. One story involves Hillary Clinton investing $1,000 in cattle futures and a year later ending up with $100,000, and then also getting preferential treatment to buy other investments with little to no money to pay for a down payment on it. In the late 70s, as part of their continued investments, the Clintons started a company called the Whitewater Development Corporation with their friends James and Susan McDougall, no relation to Trey or Bunny, who were real estate developers to buy 230 acres of riverfront land and sell it for lots as vacation homes. And that's where we get the name Whitewater. 
it ended up being a money pit of an investment with the location and issues of being a mess. There was no accessibility because of a bunch of weather issues that had taken place in storms. The location was undesirable. Basically, they were just trying to you know front load it or at least make something off of it. So Jim McDougall, who's a real estate developer, after all this happened, bought a small savings and loan association and then defrauded it and the small business investment firm Capital Management Services out of $3 million. The bank's failure wound up costing the federal government around $73 million. The president of Capital Management Services then claimed that Bill Clinton coerced him to provide a $300,000 loan to Susan McDougall, which he claims was used to cover up Whitewater. There are also several other stories about the McDougals giving some of the $3 million to the Clintons to help pay off gubernatorial campaign debts and a bunch of other things. Basically, the Clintons had been worried about their income flow during the time that uh, Bill was going to be governor of Arkansas. So Hillary was working at the Rose Law Firm, but ultimately they were worried about having investments and that's where all of this kind of comes up. Ultimately, with Whitewater, 15 people were convicted, including the McDougals, Jim Guy Tucker, which is a real name, who was Clinton's successor as governor of Arkansas, and Webster Hubble, who was the law partner of Hillary Clinton when she was at the Rose Law Firm and was later a part of the Justice Department during the Clinton presidency. The investigation into the Clintons' involvement with Whitewater began in 94 when Attorney General Janet Reno appointed Robert Fisk to lead the investigation. Later, however, due to the reenactment of the independent counsel law, Fisk was replaced by Kenneth Starr, and this is where Kenneth Starr comes in, because Reno's appointment of Fisk was seen as a conflict of interest. I'm not going to get too much more into it because we want to focus on the main topic, but I just wanted to give that context on why the Clintons seemed a certain way. And eventually, while the Clintons were acquitted of any wrongdoing with Whitewater, Kenneth Starr's investigation will later expand as we get into Paula Jones and later Monica Lewinsky. There had also been previous reports of Clinton's misconduct, like you said, dating back to when he was governor of Arkansas. One of those women, Paula Jones, filed a lawsuit in 1994, alleging that he had sexually harassed her while he was governor, stating that he exposed herself at an event in a hotel room. She filed a lawsuit two days before the three-day statute of limitations ended after the story was written about in American Spectator magazine. She filed the suit and sought $750,000 in damages. And Clinton tried to delay this trial until he was out of office, but the Supreme Court rejected the claim that the Constitution immunized him from civil lawsuits, and the pretrial process began in 97. Kenneth Starr's investigation went from just being about Whitewater to expanding to include the cases of sexual misconduct and subsequent behavior Clinton engaged in to cover up the Lewinsky affair story. Amidst all of this, and this is something that will ultimately not help Clinton's case and why this probably went quick more quickly to impeachment than it would have been uh, otherwise. While Clinton was reelected for a second term in 96 in a landslide election, the House went Republican in 1994 and stayed that way through 2006. And then the Senate went Republican in 96 and would stay that way through the rest of the Clinton administration. Needless to say, like while Clinton was involved in shady things, he probably, you know, he deserved to be tried and all that. The legislative branch at the time was not working in his favor. As Jones's legal team looked to build a case against the Clintons, they wanted to find other women who would help support her claims. This is where, like you said, Linda Tripp's phone call tapes come in. And because of this evidence, Monica Lewinsky had to testify. This is when Clinton began doing whatever he could to conceal the relationship by tampering with evidence, trying to coerce witnesses, do all of those things. In January 17th, 1998, the sworn deposition in regards to this affair 
with Lewinsky and the claims around it, Clinton denied having, quote, a sexual relationship. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sexual affair or sexual relations with Lewinsky. Lewinsky's grand jury testimony would take place several months later after that story broke on July 28, 1998. Her agreement granted her transactional immunity, which basically meant that she was protected from future prosecution for crimes related to her testimony. After having been convinced by Linda Tripp to keep that semen stained dress from getting cleaned, Monica Lewinsky turned it over to the FBI's evidence. They obviously, with Clinton's blood test, could prove that this was in fact his semen and could tell that he had engaged in, quote, an improper physical relationship with Lewinsky. A month later, Clinton would admit in a taped grand jury testimony that he had engaged in, quote, improper physical relationship with Lewinsky and followed this testimony later that evening with a nationally televised address where he admitted to his relationship with Lewinsky and said it was, quote, not appropriate. A few days later, on August 20th, 1998, the U.S. launched missiles against al-Qaeda bases in Afghanistan as part of a retaliation effort for bombing the U.S. embassy earlier that year. And what's interesting about that and what relates to this is there were many reports and Republican politicians at the time who accused Clinton of doing this as a way to divert attention away from what was happening. And they actually compared it to the, at the time, recently released movie, Wag the Dog. I don't know if you've ever seen Wag the Dog. I, I haven't have. seen it in it's years. The same. I couldn't tell you too much about it, but I have seen it. I watched it in like poli-sci 101 in college. But uh, basically, it's Dustin Hoffman. Uh, it has the same plot point where president fakes a war to cover up a sex scandal while no connections were ever found. Um, and this was even outlined in the nine 11 commission. There were anti-Semitic rumors spread in the middle East that because Lewinsky was Jewish, she was a Jewish agent sent to sway Clinton to not aid Palestine. And this conspiracy theory would influence Mohammed Atta, who was a major part in orchestrating the September 11th attacks to get into the perjury charges. So what happens is the judge in the Paula Jones case will throw out the case in April of 98 on the grounds that Paula Jones had to fail to show any damages that she had been hurt by any of the uh, misconduct that had happened with Clinton, which like, fuck that, but still. After Jones appealed, Clinton agreed in November 1998 to settle the case for $850,000 while still admitting no wrongdoing. But because in his deposition for that lawsuit, Clinton denied having sexual relations with Lewinsky, and that later turned out to be perjury, based on the evidence provided in the Star Report, which was released in September of 98, and included information about the dress, the attempts to tamper with evidence, and coach witnesses, 
It also included info on Whitewater and Paula Jones, but it was ultimately the Lewinsky information that led to Clinton's impeachment. So during the deposition, Clinton was asked, quote, have you ever had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky as that term is defined in deposition exhibit one? The judge ordered that Clinton be given an opportunity to review the agreed definition. Afterwards, based on the definition created by the independent counsel's office, Clinton answered, quote, I have never had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. I thought the definition included any activity by me where I was the actor and came in contact with those parts of the bodies. And then <laughs> this is where it gets kind of <laughs> like shady, where the body parts, by the way, which had been explicitly listed, he denied that he had ever contacted with Lewinsky's genitalia, anus, groin, breast, inner thigh, or buttocks and effectively claimed that the agreed-upon definition of, quote, sexual relations included giving oral sex, but excluded receiving oral sex. So based on a pure technicality (laughs) in this thing, he is able to say that he basically didn't lie. And this is why we learned so much about oral sex at a young age than we probably should have learned. But needless to say, Clinton was impeached by the House of Representatives on December 19th, 1998 for, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors. The House adopted two articles of impeachment against Clinton, with the specific charges being lying under oath and obstruction of justice. Clinton became the second president to be impeached. Andrew Johnson was the first. A lot of people forget that Nixon resigned before he could be impeached. His impeachment will come after the Star Report was released in September of 98 and a formal House inquiry, which had been launched in October of 98. The charges for which Clinton was impeached stemmed from a sexual harassment lawsuit from Paula Jones and then the act of committing perjury while giving a sworn testament. Trial began January 7th, 1999, with Chief Justice Rehnquist presiding over the trial and ended 21 days later on February 12th, 1999, when Clinton was acquitted on both counts as neither count received the necessary two-thirds majority vote of the senators present for conviction and removal of office. So, On Article 1, it was 45 senators who voted to convict while 55 voted for acquittal, and then Article 2 was 50-50. All Democrats voted for acquittal on the perjury and obstruction of justice charges, and then there were 10 Republicans who voted for acquittal of perjury, and then later five Republicans who voted for acquittal and obstruction of justice. And that is what I have on the trial because I tried to summarize this as best I could without getting into too many details, but I did get into some details. I think you did a great job summarizing it. Thank you very much. Thinking about this all, I think for me, the legacy of this, like what what to you kind of stands out out of all of this? I guess it's the, I mean, I'm glad that Monica Lewinsky has had a, a public image makeover because I think what really kind of stands out to me is sort of her personal journey of like her being the slut and the homewrecker And then her having to like disappear and wait out the press in her mom's condo, oddly, the was it uh, Watergate condominiums or whatever? I was like, how ironic (laughs) (laughs) as this is all happening to you. But I'm glad that and I mean, her honestly being like one of the earliest people I can vividly, well, earliest women I can vividly remember being hated on and bullied in real time and for like and being the butt of the joke for so long and I think a lot of different articles had touched upon this that I was reading is that 
people make obviously make a ton of mistakes in their 20s, but very rarely does it follow you around unless it's very serious. And I don't think that an affair with your boss is that serious at 22 of an offense for it to follow you around and haunt you and prevent you from getting jobs for 15 plus years. I think I think I forgot just the level of detail of how bad that was. Like she has said, I believe she said this during her TED talk that she was patient zero for cyberbullying, which is true. Like the story broke on Drudge Report, which back then was kind of a new blog. Now is like just a shithole of Republican bullshit. But she was a public joke. And like she, I cannot imagine anyone dealing with that, let alone someone who is 22 years old, when it's one of the most like vulnerable times in your life where you're just trying to figure out how to be an adult and who you are as a person. And for someone, you know, to keep having to see that, you know, thrown at you that you're a slut, a homewrecker, all these horrible names, um, and being called fat and just like a bunch of things that like, cannot imagine having to try to navigate the world as an adult, when all that that is all you keep hearing about yourself and also being the butt of the joke the whole time too yeah you know it, how many snl sketches and mad tv sketches did they ring out of her being fat or desperate or clingy or whatever and it's very much the like she's the slut he's the stud and i think even at the time it's like you don't realize that's what you're seeing and you don't understand it all until you're an adult and you know all the details but it it very much is like your first brush of like full blown sexism in a lot of ways and i don't even know if we even properly process that but i do know that his image only it only endeared him to everybody because he was very much the president that was like, I want to get a beer with him, which I've never fucking understood this goddamn concept of like, I need my president to be likable. It's like, I don't want you to be likable. I want you to be some like weird fucking confident. nerd who's got no, I want you to be some weird fucking nerd who doesn't have a goddamn life. No, who's I said busy. confident. Oh, you said <laughs> not, confident. I was no, like, not no. confident, less confident. confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. Like Bill Clinton, though, many you know, part of many an SNL sketch or political cartoon, the most he was punished was by having his license to practice law in Arkansas suspended for five years in 2001, which like, who gives a shit with all his speaking engagements? Otherwise, he got to live a life free of a lot of criticism until fairly recently when we started talking more about how messed up a lot of his policies were like don't ask, don't tell and the criminal justice reform bills. But ultimately, he lives got free. He got to publish an autobiography in 2004. And he's writing books with like John Grisham now. I and mean, I mean, like, yeah, we haven't even touched on the fact that like they also excused his cheating because like, let's all remember here that. She's 22. He's fucking married. He's a fucking adult. He's got the allegedly the most important job in the country. Right. Like, but you would never guess that based on him having affairs all willy nilly. But it was like, oh, Hillary deserves it because she's like in her pantsuit and she seems really like power hungry and like blah. blah, blah. And like this is the beginning of like she's a frigid bitch talk too. which, like we said earlier, it never got better with time. It only got worse. Hillary. I mean. America loves to hate a woman, so we all know that it would never actually get better for for either of them, really. And in some ways, it's like, yes, Bill Clinton is slightly tied to Monica Lewinsky, but there is absolutely no fucking way that you bring up Hillary Clinton without saying Monica Lewinsky and vice versa. Because whatever reason, we need to pit these two women against each other over, let's be honest, a kind of shitty man. 
Hillary Clinton played the game. That is what people don't realize. Call her a frigid bitch. Call her all these things. No, she knew exactly what she had. No, this is like when people get mad. No, this is exactly like when people get mad on Bachelor in Paradise, like at fucking tall dude. It's like, he's playing the game. Don't be mad at him. Like, hit hit the game, not the player. He He didn't do anything. He just showed up. She just played the game. She played the game. The environment that she was in, the cards that she was dealt. Mm -hmm. I watched her two-part, I think it was a two or three-part Hulu series. I bawled during a lot of it. But it it gave me so much insight into her. And I think what was interesting was the number of things she had to change about herself to be deemed somewhat likable. So she, Clinton's first gubernatorial campaign in Arkansas was unsuccessful. And a lot of it they attributed to the fact that she was seen as like this raging feminist because she didn't take his last name. So that's why she went from Hillary Rodham to Hillary Rodham Clinton. She took his last name to appear as this more likable female, like feminine kind of, you know, first lady type. And then later when this whole thing went down, she had two options and either way she was damned if she stayed with him and damned if she left him. And she knew what she wanted. She went off to become Senator of New York or a Senator of New York later went on to run for president. She did what she had to do in this instance. I think that she has given so much criticism for just doing exactly what she had to do. Because to be honest, she, we all know this. She is smarter than her husband, more qualified than her husband. Like she is just out there doing shit. And like, do I agree with her policies all the time? No. But when you tell me, you talk to me about qualified people to be president, Hillary Clinton was probably arguably the most qualified person to have ever run for president. Yeah, it's sort of like the same reasons why people didn't vote for Elizabeth Warren, unfortunately, even yeah. though I did. I did, It's just too. like nobody likes a mean mommy who's like an overachiever. It's just so ridiculous. But an- another article that I came across that I also thought was super interesting was a culture writer who was like 15 when it was happening. So like around the same age as Chelsea Clinton. And like, what was it like to deal with that? Because that's the age oh that you don't want to talk to your parents about fucking anything, let alone just let, we're going to throw the blanket of <laughs> sex stuff out there. In, Let in alone the know the sex stuff that your father is doing so publicly. That is oh also being God. talked about. I mean, this is around the time of like 24-hour news cycles still yes. being fairly new to people. And so of it, that's all. They, I just remember it being on and talked about incessantly. Even when the trial was over, it was just on. And people talked about it all the fucking time. And the I jokes mean, never died. So never how died. do you feel, Chelsea, as... I mean, you're not, you're probably closer in age to Monica Lewinsky at the time than your father is to her. So she was, she was seven or eight years uh, younger than Monica Lewinsky, maybe at most, you know, nine. So what do you, how do you begin to process that besides like a very, uh, a very nice expensive therapist? You know, what do you, what do you do there as a parent and also as the kid? Chelsea also dealt with so much shit. There were so many awful politicians who called mm-hmm. her ugly as a kid. Like, God forbid a, a teenager have an awkward phase. And I might add, in a world where you just want to be dropped off a block away from the movie theater or the mall, <laughs> she had her parents splashed in front of her face everywhere. Like, I cannot imagine being... like. I it, no wonder she went to Stanford. Like she picked the college in the US, the farthest away from DC, and good for her because I could not imagine doing anything other than that. Like you had to live in the shadow of that during your teenage years when you are in high school. Can you even fucking imagine? 
I would ask to go to boarding school in a different country, I think. Switzerland. Just yes. Be, yeah. I'd be like, just send me fucking anywhere. I don't anywhere. care. I can't. I can't be around you guys. You guys are a dumpster fire. I gotta go. This is a bad look for me. Like, right. how do you think I feel? I will it's say- talked about all the time. I mean, I'm sure she just got fucking, oh God, clowned on so much. It's just so unfair. And it just highlights the selfishness of all of it also at its like base level. I will say of all the DC private schools they could have put her in, she went to the Quaker school, Sidwell Friends. So at least the friendliest of all the private schools, like she didn't go to like where Kavanaugh went to school or anything like that. I mean, she probably still dealt with shit, but like better than others. But yeah, I can't imagine. And Monica, just reading about, you know, she, after just not being, having any luck in life for like the first couple of years in her twenties after this all happened, because she cannot get a job anywhere. She goes to London and gets a master's at the London School of Economics. But she talks about like constantly interviewing for jobs, being overqualified for those jobs, and people just being like, you're qualified, but we can't hire you because you are Monica Lewinsky. And and that's you- why she ends up hosting some like s- yes. shitty C-list dating reality show. Yes. I think she also hosted like... um. One where like men wear masks the whole time and like <laughs> and the women are like supposed to fall in love with their personality or something. When I read the title of the show, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> she dabbled. I mean, she did what she could to make money because that's the other thing is I forgot. She a lot of times took these gigs like she was a spokesperson for Jenny Craig for a bit. Oh, remember that? Pe- the way yeah. that people reacted to that, you would think that she had fucking killed somebody. She's not Barbara Bush. She didn't run anybody over the fucking car. <laughs> My God, who no. cares? She sucked a dick. Like, let it go. Well, and it's just <laughs> like what makes me so sad is she was taking these engagements because she had legal fees to pay. Like, ultimately, of course. she takes a lot of these gigs because she had like exorbitant legal fees to pay after all this. I think the tide started to turn when she wrote that essay for Vanity Fair. Yeah, shame and survival. And and I gotta say, she really has. Oh, Mister Personality, I found it. That yes. it was a Fox show that ran in two thousand and three. I fully remember that show. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up, but I have to say, I mean, I guess in some ways, you either you either embrace what people are saying about you, and you and and that's how you survive. Or you fight against it or you hide. And I got to give it to her. She's She was a very good sport. Like before yeah. the tides turned on her, like she really, I mean, she took it in a way that is admirable. That would have broken a lot of people. And I hate calling women strong. I think it's so fucking embarrassing. But I do think it takes, I mean, it takes a lot of fortitude of personality to withstand the amount of shit that she had thrown at her. And I found it very interesting what her um, grad school thesis was, was essentially about pre-trial by way of society about how yeah you know you are put on if you are a public figure you are put on trial before your actual trial ever starts and she like court of public opinion yeah I thought it was very fascinating I mean that's a very obvious choice for her to be picking but I found that to be really fascinating and I really I thought that the slow burn podcast about the Clinton Lewinsky affair was very well done. If you want like super detailed, thorough, because they they also talk to her in it. And she talks about they start sort of like at the towards the end, like in December of 1997, they talk about her getting apprehended by the FBI and like later for like a subpoena that she'd been like dodging. And the way that it's told, like the way that the sound editing goes, it's really very well done. And I remember it being very suspenseful. And 
obviously we're both looking forward to this next Ryan Murphy joint, but I would have to say what I am eagerly awaiting is a Hallmark movie about Linda Tripp's year round (laughs) holiday store called Christmas sleigh, not spelled sleigh, like Beyonce sleigh, like sleigh, like a motherfucking sleigh ride. I mean, Linda Tripp has passed RIP and I, I realize I didn't clarify my whole I hate Linda Tripp subheader. The last thing that Monica Lewinsky said when she was on trial was that she hates Linda Tripp. Um, so that's why I added that. And I thought that was like such a fucking 22 year old thing to say. Like, it's, yes. because to her, it you know, I guess there's all these legal implications. But when you're 22, it also is like you straight up got betrayed by somebody that you thought was your friend. And I know that people didn't like her. Because they thought that she was like a fucking snitch. A lot of people kind of came for her for betraying a friendship and like being fake and all that other shit. And some people thought she was like, she thought she was doing her patriotic duty, which I find to be an interesting take (laughs) on what she did. It's an interesting take because there's like parts of it that feel like naivete in some ways. Like she thought she was doing the right thing. And then there are other parts where I'm like, oh, bitch, you know better than not doing the right thing. Like. I don't know. I just feel like in the world we live in now, no person would ever go into this thinking they were doing the right thing. I like the world we live in. Maybe things have changed. I don't know. But there is this. She is unfortunately she is she is deceased. So we cannot ask her more about this. But it is one of those like, do we actually believe that she genuinely thought she was there, you know, trying to do her civic duty? I don't know. I would say I lean towards no. I'm going to take a definitive stance of forgive me. I mean, (laughs) but I would say no, because if you're starting in a place of illegally taping somebody telling you something that you know is deeply scandalous it's like if I took a tape recorder out every time my friends told me about the problems in their lives I'm like just in case like that doesn't that's not good that doesn't come from a good place right like you either you either are a good friend and you listen and you you can judge privately oh but God. taping somebody and then taking it to somebody that's an anti-fucking Clinton conservative yeah. wackadoo oh like you're, you're you're obviously your intentions are not fucking pure so patriot all you want like that's fine P- plenty of people love to hide behind the mask of patriotism to do fucked up stupid ass shit I we could, and you know what I mean, especially now. Yes. So I don't fucking hear it. Like you're a snitch ass bitch, and you're fucking lucky you didn't go to jail because you definitely get your ass beat up. Sorry to speak ill of a dead person. No, but but I'm glad true. that she found her passion running a year round holiday Christmas. store because I feel like at least you can't hurt anybody there. I mean, I guess maybe you can if you're like the fucking Grinch, but and that's that's Virginia's problem. It's not. You're not taking, like, what do you gain by taking down a 22-year-old? Like, who even, fuck? like, you have the time, I guess. Like, girl, get a fucking hobby. (laughs) I don't know. I feel, no, and I agree with you. And I also agree, this is where, like, there's been a lot of criticism also of Kenneth Starr, where he was just, like, you know, it's, you call him an independent investigator, but I feel like it was in some ways a name only. While Clinton definitely did some terrible things, like, Kenneth, there's plenty of uh, accusations that have come up and there was some validation that Kenneth Starr was, you know, kind of going for anything here to try to prove Clinton as a wrong person, considering that he is, in fact, a conservative. And so much so that in high school, Kenneth, I got to see Kenneth Starr speak at my high school because, again, conservative Catholic school. Um, my one of my favorite high school teachers, who was like the sole Democrat teacher at my school, refused to show up to the high school until he could confirm that the man had left the building. And that is why that man, Mr. Sullivan, was one of my favorite high school teachers. 
slow clap for him. Yeah, that it's uh, they can claim whatever sort of pure intentions that they want to help them sleep at night. But I think, you know, just like Monica Lewinsky was judged by the public, everybody else is entitled to their ways of judging you and um, dissecting your intentions and where your moral compass may or may not lie. Probably on the not side, I I would guess. But overall, I mean, it it really feels like all of this over a fucking turkey burger. Like, it's really got that vibe. You're just like, Seriously. you guys really got, I mean, and then everybody, the way that everybody reacted about Trump being impeached and tried to compare it to Clinton was like, no, 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 stop. No, 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 Stop. Read it. I love to scream. Like, I love to scream into the void. Read a fucking book. Like, that's not true. Like, you need to chill out. No, no. And that is, I think, ultimately, that is probably another part of this legacy is that, uh, you know, all these Republicans and conservatives who even, like, attempted to try to compare the Clinton impeachment to Trump's impeachment. Like, I mean, honestly, fucking trying to kid. It really even feels more prescient, especially right now for us, the sort of futility of like these fucking stupid stupid little things that Republicans love to do that everybody gets so wrapped up in with like this recall going on. It, yeah. Like if they could get a fucking scandal on Newsom, you know, they tack it on and do all sorts of wild shit. So it just it feels like, wow, OK, so we started at like, oh, I'm going to like get you for like really stupid perjury to like I'm going to recall you because you made me wear a mask one time and I'm upset. It's like, please. We need to be better about our politics. This is so exhausting. 100%. And on that note, do you have any parting thoughts? It was an interesting revisit. I think in the last year and a half, we've done a lot of recontextualizing big cultural moments between what's happened with Britney and what's going on now, especially considering how media treats women and I've have just found it to be very interesting, which I know sometimes can be interpreted as negative, but I just have found this to be very enlightening, like its own crash course in feminism all over again. I think that's that sums up what we have to say about this. So on that note, we want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, you can check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, Pocket Casts, wherever you like to listen. The best way to stay up to date on our latest episodes is to subscribe to our podcast. And while you're hitting that subscribe button, maybe leave us a rating and a review. Additionally, we are on social media. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. Finally, you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Emily A. Beijing. And I'm at Marg, she wrote. And until next time, we say bye-bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.